Wake up in the morning, had to make a play. Rolling up that loud, I smoke one to the face. Wake up in the morning, had to make a play. I had to make a play. I had to make a play. I'ma get money forever. I'ma be hustling forever. Welcome everyone. We are back to another episode of Love the Game, the Love the Game podcast, where we talk NBA, NFL, combat sports, occasionally women's sports topics or anything really important that's going on in the sports world and pop culture. I am Ash, your host. I'm here with my co-host, E. Leah, say what's up. What's going on, Love the Game? We're back. More sports, media for you on this lovely Sunday morning. Let's get to it, man. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Let's get to it. As always, when we post these, you can catch us on at Love the Game on Twitter, on Instagram, and our personal IGs and Twitters are up in that. So make sure when you listen to the episodes, you check out the bio, check out those links, and follow. But let's get into it. Like we said, there is a lot on our list. We're going to start with our weekly MVPs, and we're going to do it right this week and actually do a runner-up. Yes. We always take our little hiatuses, um, but we're back. We're doing a little differently in person this time, so hopefully we keep up with it. Uh, so let's go with weekly MVP and runner-up. You went first last time, so I'm going to just yes. keep going because uh, I'm actually pretty excited. I actually did some research. Usually I just come on here and talk. Oh, uh, I did a little shoot. bit of research for this episode. My MVP is going to be Luka Doncic. All right. I, I, this is called him the Don. The Luka, Matador. The Don. Uh, 42-point triple-double in the victory, which is, I mean, when you put up those big sets, they're impressive, but when you can get the dub, that's what really matters. So you just had a 42-point triple-double in a victory with the 13 rebounds and 10 assists. I mean, he's one of the top players in the NBA. There's really not much you can say about that, but that's an impressive performance. I think the triple-double stat in of itself is, you know, less than what it used to be because it seems easily attainable especially you guys got guys like russ who are triple double chasing Mm -hmm. right um so it's not like this elusive stat oh he had a triple double it's like Mm -hmm. every other game someone's getting that triple double it's not like a no hitter in baseball which is still actually like oh shit let alone that world series no hitter yeah yeah. that which is fuck the astros uh anyways (laughs) so the triple double in itself is lost (laughs) it's lost a little bit of its weight but uh, 42 points, not like a barely making the triple double. No, yeah. That's that's a 40 piece, and you got the win. That's so that's five. that's what makes it a, a, a MVP that's type a performance. It is. That's a Don stat right there. And then my runner up is Curry 30, but not Steph. Seth. The wrong Seth. Seth Curry <laughs> of the Brooklyn Nets. He only scored 22 points, but my guy had 14 points in the fourth quarter, which is clutch. He was raining threes from all over. Helped lift the Nets over your Clippers. I'm not going to rub it in. Right. I, uh, right. I He was balling. And, right. and what I have here in my notes is that, you know, Seth didn't have the end to the league like Steph did, right? Yeah, the immediate yeah. success. He Good had to work really hard. He was out of the league. He had to go to the G League. Like, he really put in the work and, and didn't give up. And although he's not, you know, like a superstar in the league, he is a starting caliber player. And on every team he's been on in the last few years, he has been a contributor and someone that they rely on, someone who gets minutes, someone who can hit big shots. So um, shout out to him for just sticking with it because we see he is balling. So not everyone's journey is going to be the same. Not everyone's journey is going to be easy. But, I mean, you know, never give up. You can be like Steph. 
Sorry, Seth. Mm, yep. It's so hard. Exactly. It's so hard. Meta Curry is always the dominant, predominant player. It's yeah. it's so hard. They all they look alike. The name is Seth. Yep. Steph. It's yeah. Anyways, y'all know what I mean. Seth Curry. Give him a shout out. Yep. The lesser known Curry, but very good NBA player. Congratulations, Seth. So, uh, <laughs> but no, 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 serious is dope. My, uh, my MVP for the week is none other than KD, Mr. Kevin Durant. He's been putting on a superstar or just phenomenal performance all around for the Brooklyn Nets. While no, uh, no backup really on his team, no Kyrie at the moment, he is still putting up great statistics he put up posted a triple double against the new york knicks 29 12 and 12 shooting 10 for 19 the man is on a roll right now he is killing it while i can't be saying that we had a good run in with mr durant on the los angeles clippers as he you know put up another monster stat line against us while we meanwhile we we're shooting atrociously this man put up 27 6 and 3 shooting 10 for 16 3 for 5 on the three-point line i can say those are pretty damn good and phenomenal stats for mr kevin durant he also keeps alive his streak of never letting the new york knicks beat him which is pretty damn disrespectful if i was a new york fan i'd feel pretty upset like there's a vendetta going on what did you do what did i do to you kind of situation but you know what that's that's a, that's a game of basketball kevin durant shouts out to you keep playing ball i used to wear your shoes you're that guy <laughs> you know what i think stats like that never have let the Knicks beat him. It's one of those things I think happens by chance, but then when you pick up on it, then you're like, you make sure to keep it going as mm -hmm. long as you can. You're like, oh, yeah. oh shit, the last five times yeah, I played the yeah, Knicks. Yeah. Well, this man you know I mean? went into the arena yeah. dogging. He's out there talking shit to children in the crowd. He he knew he knew what he, the assignment was when he got in that arena. That's just, that's just killer also mentality. Also at the same time though, KD, oh man. This is an, another discussion topic for another day. We got to move on. We got a lot to talk about. But I wonder what his legacy is going to be at the end. Because starting okay. You know what? Let me not get into it. But considering what we're going to get into next, the fiasco that is Brooklyn Nets. And that's before the Kyrie stuff. Mm -hmm. That was in the summer when KD was like, I want to be traded. This has been a disaster from the, from the get-go. Mm -hmm. um, we don't know what's going to happen next. So I wonder when it's all said and done, how we're going to look back on his career. Knowing he's one of the best to play the game mm -hmm. and he had his golden years in in golden state and then but then there are people who hate on him for that move anyways we can get into this later but future topic the legacy of kd um yeah. but speaking of the brooklyn nets i'm gonna ask you some questions i have some thoughts i'm gonna ask you some questions we're gonna pick up where we left off on the kyrie irving situation not to belabor this thing for the record not to keep going on and on and just keeping this in the news cycle but like new advancements come out and like you know perspectives change and so I just want to hear e, your thoughts on the situation. Um, so anyways, catching up to the Kyrie Irving, the anti-Semitic marks and the Brooklyn Nets and being suspended and being dropped from Nike, all this stuff went down. It seemed like over this last week since our last talk, mm -hmm. he is, uh, my question to you is like, do you feel like he's been vindicated in some way? I'm going to list some names who have shown some level of support for Kyrie Irving. One is ESPN's uh, Jay Williams who posted like a two or three minute video on Twitter, not in response to Kyrie's actions, but like the reaction to his mm -hmm. actions being like, well, this is too much. And he's the first person I heard of um, doing that. And then you had Jalen Brown, I believe at a press conference say something like, you know, when did Nike care about ethics? 
Let's not talk about you know mm-hmm. sweatshops and all that kind of stuff. I'm pretty sure that's what he's talking about. Even yeah. though we're all complicit, we all wear the clothes. Yeah. But nonetheless, when they care about exes, right? It's like you pick and choose. Shannon Sharp has come out and said some stuff. Nick Cannon has said some stuff. And Louis Farrakhan, which is like he's the head of Minister uh, Farrakhan, the yeah. Minister Farrakhan of what is it like the Black Muslims? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't always fuck with them because they're very hotep ass niggas. But at the same time, <laughs> no, it's it's true. I'm a, a black queer individual, so like my life ideal is different. But at the same time, when it comes to black politics, that I'm usually, you know, in line. Uh, anyways, my question is, with all this sort of like show of support, again, not of his actions, right? Mm-hmm. But of like the harsh reaction, do you think he's being vindicated in some way? And now if you're the Nets or Nike, do you guys look bad? It, uh, it's a difficult situation. The Kyrie Irving that we got going on right now, the outspoken Kyrie as we're seeing. Um, all these names, including we got some names missing, you know, LeBron James, who had said some previous things, also came out in support of Kyrie mm-hmm. after all the backlash that he is receiving, you know. And um, Some of these names on this list I do see, like Shannon Sharp and Jalen Brown, all had different responses at the beginning of the situation. Yep, but yep. now, yep. now, as it goes further into the sequence of events, we're seeing a lot of different opinions, you know, I mean, it's a tough situation for Kyrie and the Nets and Nike. First of all, the Nets are doing way too much. I feel like this is the owner trying to save face yep. for a shitty season that they're providing right now and all these promises that they're supposed supposed to be providing for the NBA. They were out here talking about the Nets are going to be the next powerhouse in the East. They got all this stuff. They draft all these players. They picked up all these trades as they do throughout the years. And they haven't produced much out of Brooklyn right now. Um, it's not looking positive. <laughs> so for the Nets right now, I believe it's the owner trying to save face for the organization because I mean, what best thing can you do other than to out the one, right. the on one Kyrie. guy, the one black sheep on the team that's doing doing nothing? But so that's why I think on the net side, Nike, it is from a business perspective, you have to do this because you represent a brand that is an international brand and spans all kinds of people who buy your shit. So if one kind of person is not in your list to buy your shit and you have a brand athlete talking against the brand beliefs, mm-hmm. that's not gonna go with what you guys are in your code of conduct, all that kind of business stuff. Um, but on the other side, Nike as a company, now they have to think about their internal policies and be like, all right, well, now everybody's gonna start talking shit about Nike, what are we gonna do now, you know? so. It's two-way street. I feel like Kyrie is the fall man right now in everybody's eyes. It's just the easiest thing to do. Blame the guy who is out there talking about some shit that doesn't sound good to the public audience. Doesn't sound good when you when you have a brief idea about it. I mean, when you go into actual detail about it. It's some pretty interesting topics to talk about. But Kyrie is definitely the fall man right now. It, it's mm-hmm. unfortunate for him that he has to go through this during his journey of what Farrakhan is saying is self-discovery. I did listen to Farrakhan's response a little yeah, bit. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I did listen to his response a little bit. Uh, but, you know, it's Kyrie's the fall guy right now. He's going to be that until he gets done when he needs to get done. Uh, even if it's this exaggerated, extensive list of things that I've not seen any other NBA player had to do, owner, you name it. I mean, I mean, you, we can name the a list of controversial people in the NBA mm-hmm. who had their fair share of times to return and all this. Uh, we want to see Kyrie on the court again. We do. He's a great player, but he's the fall guy right now. Uh, well said. Definitely the fall guy. And, yeah, you mentioned this, and we can move on, but uh, I'll also agree. You know, a lot of those folks in that list of that name that are showing Kyrie 
supporting Shannon Sharp, including LeBron James, came out and were like, whoa, 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 you can't be doing this, Kyrie. And then now all of a sudden, it's not like they're not necessarily completely back, you know, backtracking, but now all of a sudden they're showing more support. And I think that's because of support like outside of basketball, like the Nick Cannons, like the Louis mm-hmm. Farrakhan. And these are like prominent black people who are like, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Like, yes, this is wrong, but like, do you guys, as black men, not say that this is an example of the double standard I was talking about last week? And that was my only argument, right? Like, Kanye, I mean, excuse me, Kyrie, whoo, see? (laughs) That's twice now. That's twice. (laughs) Kyrie is very smart, dude, but he is always up to something. And so that just made, again, sometimes like the message, the intention can be good, but if the messenger has a bad rap, this is what, what happens. Yep. Um, so I think that's really where he's most at fault because it's his attitude and the way he goes about it. You can, when I think of people, black leaders in history who speak truth to power, right? There are ways you can do it, even if it is a little rebellious and stuff, but where you're not really offending someone else and where the message can get across, but you're still being radical. I think of uh, like Muhammad Ali. I'm thinking of Angela Davis, right? Even players like Bill Russell. Yes, Bill Russell. A prominent figure in his time. There are ways, so it's not what Kyrie's trying to do. It's the package that comes in it. Um, But it does seem like a lot of these uh, pundits have flip-flopped. And I'm thinking that's because of social pressure. And as black people, they're like, oh... I can't have like my people against me. You're like, you know, yeah. I don't want to be getting, um, what do you call it, trolled or by ostracized, like, ostracized yeah. by the community. Let me come out and say something and be like, hold on, hold on. I think that's what a lot of that is, which is like, I mean, it's again, it's just it's appeasing the crowd. So that that was my question about the Nets and Nike, because now all of a sudden the court of public opinion. If you lose in the court of public opinion, that's how decisions are made. Mm-hmm. So, like, not just black people, but like culturally society pop culture is like wait this was wrong but this is too far this is also wrong two wrongs don't make it right let's take it back to elementary school two wrongs don't make it right so i don't know i'm wondering if the nets and nike will feel pressure to be like maybe we went too far (laughs) you know what i mean and do the nfl thing with cat and be like our bad he was right in racism (laughs) you know come on so anyways yeah, we'll, stop we'll hate. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, stop hate. <laughs> Black Lives Matter. We'll see what happens with that. But I just think it's funny how um, some of people's opinions have seemed to flip flop yeah. now that the rest Lebanon, of us. James. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> freaking LB. But I mean, again, he's worth what a billion dollars for Nike. So yep. I get it. At a certain point, yep. it's you have too much to lose. But that is yeah. Kyrie's point. Yeah, yeah. Fall guy Kyrie. All right. right, Enough about it. Enough about Kyrie. Our next topic are the Utah Jazz running away with it. So far, the best team on the West and in the league, questionable. Um, Jazz are 10-4. Do we find this surprising? And do we think this pace is going to slow? Personally, I don't know. Um, Players like Laurie Markkinen and... A lot of additions that they have on the team are playing really, really well. Taylor Horton Tucker is flourishing, dare I say, flourishing. Ex-Laker, ex-Laker. Ex-Laker. And it seems like the Lakers just have this trend. Like, I always say all the time, I say this all the time, the Lakers have this trend, right? They get these amazing players, these phenomenal players. They blow up on the Lakers. They show their potential. And then 
don't know, it feels like somebody behind the somebody behind the desk wearing a crown out there just sees him and goes, Oh yeah, you know, trade piece not good enough for my legacy, not good enough for me trying Can to hit Kareem's records. Really Julius Randall, D'Angelo Russell, skinny dude on Brandon the Ingram. Brandon Ingram. Malik Monk, Contavious Caldwell Poe, um, Alex Caruso, Alex Caruso, the Caruso. Come on, come oh on. All these phenomenal and players. And not to mention, also who's on the Jazz, Jordan Clarkson, Lonzo Ball, Lonzo. Like, come oh on. All Imagine these all these players. Think of how much the, the Lakers, Lakers suck right now. If we had half of those guys on our Man. roster, but you know, there, there's. I have a feeling it's not just Genie Bus behind there and uh, Mr. Palinka. I have Dang. a feeling there's somebody else in office. <laughs> LeBron James. Oh, no. I, 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 you know, uh, it's uh, true. No. And also, I have a feeling that it's not, I mean, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but it's the truth in my eyes. I don't think he's very easy to play with because all these players, they show their potential in the Lakers, but not good enough to keep. But as soon as they leave, boom, yeah. it's like they get better. Yeah. It's like they were able to develop and grow. Yeah. You know, I, I've... I have my opinions on the Le- Le- Lebanon situation, but um, this, despite all that, you know, the teams like Utah, where they get these new additions now, are doing really well. They're pushing through the league. Jordan Clarkson, the guy is balling on Utah. The 10 4 right now. now. Yeah, and he's a starter he's on the team. He's been six man for a while. Yeah. Talk about evolution. Laurie Markinen, players were saying, if we don't know if he's ever going to get good. And then once he leaves Chicago and goes to Utah, all of a sudden, now this guy's averaging. 25 plus points on a team but see you know i feel like when certain it's not i think sometimes it's environment right because like if you don't have the room to play like if you're on a really deep team sometimes you need the reps you know or the the minutes some people can be uh contribute in like five minutes a game whatever they get and that's great but to really develop and grow you got to be able to play so i think now uh, Lori Markinen, he's more of the focus. I mean, because yep. they, they started a rebuild, right? Got got rid of Rudy Gobert, get rid of Donovan Mitchell, yep. right? So your two main guys no longer have. Yep. So now he's thrust in the spotlight. And that's what can happen when you're given a chance, basically. Um, so I think it's surprising just because, I mean, the Jazz are always in it every year. So yeah. like they, they suck. Yeah. But I think because they got rid of their two stars, it's like, oh, they're not going to be think, very good. I also, you know? yeah, I also <laughs> do think that the playoff curse for the Jazz still remains. I don't. I want to see if this young lineup can do something in the playoffs. Obviously, from a sports standpoint, I mean, I don't want them to run into my fucking team and do this. But you know, I mean, they have a lot of young potential. Uh, there's a lot of young guys on that roster that can really get it done, and they are a tall team. Can I say a tall team? I've seen about five to six players on that team who are over six, 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 seven. Um, and at that, locking it down, def- paint defense, uh, offense, translating from turnovers, it's its all just really great basketball in Utah right now. So this is something definitely surprising for us. But we will see as the season goes yeah, on. It just started. Say, it's the start. As we say it's during start every episode, everyone. it's the start of the season. We're not even, what are we, 12 games in? Yeah, something like that. It, yeah. it, 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 looks all, gonna... it looks cool right now. It but, looks but, all right but, right but, now. But, you know, at the same time. 10 and 4 we'll give credit yeah, where credit's no, due no, respect, um, so respect. still very early in the season but is it ever too early to talk MVPs Most I'm gonna ask you player. your question or th- the big question and I'll get your opinion I'm a guy on here that in my eyes is kind of leading the way but you can tell me if you agree or if you think someone else is gonna take it this year um, I'll start by saying 
you know, Steph, I was talking about Seth Curry as my runner-up MVP, mm-hmm. but Steph just pulled up two back-to-back 40 pieces yep. and two back-to-back wins that yep. the Warriors desperately needed. And Luka, we talked about with the 40-piece this week. Mm-hmm. Luka, I think, is always up there as an MVP candidate. Steph sometimes, but I think with the depth of his team, it's like, you know, when you're the one-man show or, like, one, two guys, you're kind of kind of get it. Yep. Um, so Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum also joined the 40-piece club this he week. He did. He definitely did. 43 points win over the Pistons. Celtics are now 10-3. and three. I believe they have the number one record in the East. It, it was the Bucks. They could be tied with the Bucks. No, they're number two. I think the Bucks are still. Yeah. I think the Bucks are 10-2. Uh, Celtics 10-3. But Jason Tatum, 43 points and a win over the Pistons, averaging 31 points per game this year and over 50% shooting from the field. That's that insane. is difficult <laughs> that is to do. Insane. I mean, yes, for a game that here and crazy. there, like that is difficult to pull up. That basically means he's a walking bucket. Like if he's shooting, it's going in. Yep. Every other, like it's going in. Yep. 50% shooting is wild and over 13 games it's not like oh he got lucky one or two games like over 13 games to average that now i I highly doubt over this season he's going to be able to keep up that average but he's probably going to remain in the high 40s based on how he's looking um and so here's my question too early to call but do you see jason tatum taking that next step this year and really becoming a superstar some may say he's already a superstar or, uh, yeah, a superstar. I am of the mindset that he has been a star. A young star in this league, someone that you know is one of the best in this league. Well, when I think superstar, not anymore, because by the time it's catching up, I'm thinking LeBron, KD, mm-hmm. right? At once, uh, James Harden at a point yeah. in time. Embiid, um, Giannis, right? Steph, like yeah. major guys. He hasn't been in that category, in my opinion, yet. Yeah. But so far, do you think this is the beginning of him taking that ascension, right, making that superstar jump? Uh, jump? And do you think, adding into that, that the Celtics look like they're going to get over the whole coach controversy yeah. and still figure out ways to win? Well, honestly, I don't think the coach – Ime Udoka was a fantastic coach for the Celtics. I think he brought a different element to the coaching of the team that they did not have before. I, I think the Celtics were more of a, you know, very – clean cut basketball team when it came to the program and when they had the coach it just fit in that clean system Ime Odoka challenged that and he came into there and brought a fresh new idea to it so give him his credit where credit is due but even without him the Celtics are doing pretty good right now they're second in the east the Bucks still remain in the first place spot in the east Jason Tatum Jason Tatum's journey is like I will say it's a journey it's it's not going to be something where he is just going to rise to star. There's so much competitive edge right now in the NBA and the league and young talent and everything like that. He's a star player. All-star caliber player. Superstar caliber player. He is he is pretty much on the cusp of being a superstar if not already there, I will say in my opinion. Jason Tatum is a phenomenal player. He puts up crazy ass stats. He's putting up 32.5 points right now per game. On the Celtics team where he does not have a substantial coaching consistently, they just added Malcolm Brogdon to the team. And they're still doing really good. I will say the things that he is missing in terms of his young career for Jason Tatum, that playoff push, that that yeah. that 
I don't know what to say. I wouldn't say championship caliber DNA because not a lot of players have that or do have that. But the competitive edge or just to get over the get past that barrier that a lot of players we've seen have do that. I will list some like Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, uh, you name it. These superstars have been to the top of the mountain. They've had to face phenomenal or enormous odds. Phenomenal, that's crazy. I should make that word. Phenomenal and enormous. Pictionary that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, these players have had to face some of the greatest odds in the NBA, like playing a Golden State Warriors team from 2017 with all stacked players or going against the East and the team of the Cavaliers where you don't think you're going to make the playoffs and all of a sudden you have two players dropping 40 consistently throughout the entire season or being on a Spurs team to where you are a young guy you become the best lockdown defender on that team and then lead that team with a bunch of older dudes have been able to league championship caliber DNA and make your stand in that league and then go do that in another conference these are all things and accolades that I kind of take into um, your legacy of becoming a superstar and then not only the stats, because stats, are we all know stats. That's all we talk about now in this game is NBA is stats. So, while stats aside, it is about what you can do for your team, how your legacy can increase. Jason Tatum has shown that he is a baller. The dude is just a certified baller. Let's just put it like that. If you don't think Jason Tatum is a certified baller my right now, I it. don't really think you know basketball. My man is it. And the guy, the, the, he's that guy, you yeah, know. And I too. want nothing for success with Jason Tatum, but I feel like the next step for him is to make that playoff push. If he wants to be seen or respected, I will say that. If Jason Tatum wants to be respected as a superstar in the NBA, I mean, I respect him as a superstar already in the NBA. But if he wants to be respected on every level in the NBA, you got to get to that point. I say the Celtics make the playoffs because they're definitely going to make the playoffs. You need to make it past the preliminary rounds. You got to get to the conference finals. Once you get to the conference finals and then get to the finals again, which we saw them do. Like, first of all, can you get to the finals again? And then there we go. can I'll you make good with your with whatever the outcome is you know what are That's you gonna what do i was gonna say i was like so you based on like that playoff push because they made it to the finals yeah. last year and then of course they met up with the warriors yeah. more experience right yeah. a little more depth it you know no shade uh so are yeah. you saying like that hump then is not just getting there but winning or something like tragic happening right and like a lot of the superstars you mentioned there's some point in time they had to put on that hero's cape yeah. and be the guy. No, that, that, that's you exactly know, the like, wall was Golden State last year. Yeah. The wall was Golden State. And Golden State, too. Same thing, same situation, except not for Steph, really. More or less, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Andrew Wiggins, the three X Factors who had to show they still got what it takes. They're still a part of this caliber. They can be, I wouldn't even say Draymond. Certain people call Draymond a superstar. I'm not going to go on a run and say that. I'm going to say he's a great player. He's a great role player. He's a superstar. Uh, role like, player? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's a superstar I was gonna role say, player. Well, no, I was going to say he's like a superstar companion. Yeah, yeah. He's the good, uh, he's the good yeah. guy you get in the side quest that really helps out a lot, but it's not his story. Yeah. But, but <laughs> back to Jason Tatum, and let's so we get to our other players. Jason Tatum, that wall last year was Golden State. Who knows what the wall is going to be this year? But I feel like he can be respected as a superstar in this league. And not a lot of people will say that, but he can definitely cement himself. If he just he continues with the work that he's putting in right now, I think definitely either this season or the next season, he could cement himself there. 
for sure. Well, uh, by the way, he's going out. Like I, I think I put the wrong stat. So he's actually averaging 32 points. and a half. That's insane. I'm I'm being really loud in this mic right now. That's insane. <laughs> That's crazy. But I'm more That's impressed crazy. by the 50% because you can put a bunch of numbers and be shooting a horrible percentage yeah, and yeah. losing games. So you're winning. Yeah. You're being efficient, yeah. right? And you're putting up numbers. So yeah. I I mean I want to see him keep it going. So I want to see him. I like Jason Tatum. I want to see him take that yeah, next I do step. Too. He's very um, on to someone else who we haven't talked about. What well, we have talked about over the last year or so, yeah, but yeah. not in, in good ways, yeah. Zion Williamson. Zion! Um, first of all, I just, I was never not a fan of Zion. Super uh, hyped up and excited about him yeah. and coming to the league. I remember, you know, when he was still in high school and we watched yeah. him do all those crazy dunks, yep. and then his year at Duke, I was just excited for the guy, like, you know, as a fan of basketball, as a fan of the NBA, like, excited to see, um, you know, just a, a athletic exciting young player come in and see what they can do and then obviously like had um a lot of injuries and such he showed flashes when he was healthy and playing but so far was he ever really healthy and then obviously on his year off was it more than a year or just that one full year i think it was one full year um and then part of a previous season Mm -hmm. but he gained a bunch of weight so there's all this so he was in the news for not so many great things and a lot of people thought that like this is it but my man's got back into shape, got healthy. It's, again, early in the season, but so far he's out there, and he looks like he hasn't lost a step in reminding everybody yep. of what he can do. Right now he's averaging 23 points on 55% shooting. I think that percentage is to be expected since he lives, you know, around the basket. Yeah. Um, he's not going to miss if he's at the rim or getting the lob. He's just not. Uh, and I think 23 points is modest, but, again, it were, what, uh, 12 games into the season and he yep. is coming back so I expect that average to improve um, so it's really good to see him out there so I want to ask you kind of back to back questions um, how good is it for you to see him back out there helping and playing by the way I love this guy in post game interviews he's yeah. so nice yeah. and just like he's thoughtful kid. he's like he's a, a good kid, kid. and kid. it just makes me so happy for him to see him playing so yeah. how good is it for you to see him out there and here's the real question, though, after that one. If he stays healthy, do you think his game translates to being able to be like a complete takeover guy with that level of dominance like Embiid or Giannis? Well, it's always great to see players going out there and providing to this league that we love to talk about and, you know, watch every day. So it's good. we're very happy to see Zion Williamson back on the court producing for his team and getting them um, success in the areas that they didn't have before. Now, in terms of dominance, he can be a dominant player. He can be a figure on the team to where uh, they need him. You know, they they need his whatever that he brings to the table. Now, I feel like he is getting back into things still. Um, He's still finding his place on this team because he didn't have time to find his place on that team before. You know, he didn't find what his niche was going to be for this team. Um, And players like Embiid and Giannis, while they have their faults, you know, while they have their areas of improvement, they have found their niche. You know, Embiid being the big man on the team where he can do a lot while he's healthy and while he's being dominant in that dominant mindset, he can lead his team to victory. Um... While Embiid's faults, I will say, are, you know, being there in the clutch time or being there in really important moments, not just during the regular season when shit, you're just playing to play. Um, Giannis, 
I feel like Giannis, you know, has improved a lot and he's become a dominant, if not one of the most dominant players in the league right now, just due to the fact of yeah. just sheer will, not even just skill. I believe Giannis is just pure willpower. It's not like he just it came in the league, this guy could shoot, dribble, do all this. No, he had to fucking earn this shit. He had to literally polish his skills, polish his playmaking standpoint, polish his basketball knowledge. He had to polish how to be attack players like Embiid, attack players like LeBron every night. He had to learn how to do this. And so he beca they became dominant in their own right. So Zion, in comparison to that, I don't think he's there yet. But he can find, if he can find his niche on this Pelicans team, if he can find one thing that he can do better than anybody else in the league, and whether that's incorporating his body, his size, and his strength, or whether that's developing a, a different handle with the basketball, or maybe that's even increasing his level of shootings, like outside shooting, develop a three-point shot, develops a dangerous mid-range, something where you can make your niche better than anybody else in the league and they cannot stop you from doing, I feel like then he will approach that you know, approach that step to where he can be a dominant player like Embiid or Giannis. Because Embiid, like, what do we what do we think about when we look at Joel Embiid? All right, that's a tall seven-footer who not only is going to destroy you in the paint, but he's also going to go outside to that three if yep, you let him sure and shoot that mug. And then Giannis, not only is he dangerous when attacking the rim, he's a defensive threat. He is always there on defense no matter what. You cannot not think about Giannis when you are on the offensive side of the basketball he has also developed a pretty good offensive game all around he's not afraid to try new things if he needs to go outside to shoot three he's going to go ahead and do that if he needs to go ahead and shoot a mid-range or try and take your best player out of the situation he's going to do that so these are all different things that come into account with these players so Zion we love you I want to see good things for the rest of the season we want I you do. to stay healthy we want you to be out there we want you to keep balling, so those are the things to get there. You know, that little checklist Just, we're going to be yeah. looking for. We're going to be looking for these things. Stay healthy, one. Yeah. Keep dominating at the rim, two. But, yeah, like, at the thing is, I think if he can get through a season relatively healthy, right? Yeah. Everyone's going to miss a few games from yep. some soreness. But, like, no major injury. That's the best thing for young players to develop, getting through full seasons mm -hmm. and having a full offseason. And, like, I remember, you know, stories about Kobe in the offseason – he would either this is what he would do or he would mentor the young guys it's like work on one move every offseason yep. right like I'm working on my fadeaway and just like that's the one thing and you perfect it and then you play a season and then you work on your three point yeah, shot like so that like exactly. as you age in this league you continue to get better right learn new skills so I think him just staying healthy this year right because I mean the top players you just we just talked about two of them are so dominant right you're not gonna be there this year next year no matter what right but like staying healthy keeping your body in shape and i think not being afraid yep. right to learn new things and maybe one day he could but i wonder if his game translates because Embiid has like this natural shooting ability he's mm -hmm. more most dominant in the paint but he has a smooth man his fadeaways his yeah, like yeah, no no, yeah. no, Embiid is a baller, right? And Giannis is not a great outside shooter, but he can knock him down, but he makes up for defensively. Yeah. So I think Zion, to be that that caliber, he has to either de he has to develop a shot. But he is active on the defensive end and rebounding the ball. My God. Yeah, um, yeah good shit. Uh, <laughs> we are going to talk about a women's sports topic, uh, same as we did last week, um, discussing... Brittany Griner, but there's been like updates, uh, very sad actually, yeah. um, and what's going on 
with her. So I just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention. Um, I have here in my notes. Like, I have no idea how many people actually listen to these in full. Although we do, <laughs> I'll be checking on SoundCloud. We be getting listens. So I'm like, oh, okay. Because yeah. I've, I've had yeah, that SoundCloud ac- account for the longest. So that's why, like, you know, um, yeah. the traction is the best there. Uh, so no matter who's listening, no matter what level of a, a platform we have, uh, we would be remiss if we didn't continue to mention the Britney Reiner situation, especially this update. Um, today, as of today, I counted this correctly, so it'd be the right number on the right day. It's been 269 days since Brittany Griner has been wrongfully detained in Russia. That's almost a year, uh, which is wild. And, and she was sentenced to nine years. Um, and then this last week, it was reported that she's being moved to a penal colony in Russia, which I had no idea what that was. I had to Google it. And right here, I'm reading this Google uh, paragraph that I got from the internet, which says that (laughs) (laughs) penal colonies in Russia are infamous for harsh living conditions and brutality. Prisoners are placed in barracks rather than individual cells and forced to perform daily work. Apparently these are the worst prisons um, that you can be in in Europe. So incredibly sad. Uh, My thoughts are like for her overall, like not even mental and emotional, that already, you know, something to worry about, but now actual physical well-being. Um, So I just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention again and not let that pass over. Uh, And a shout out to, I know, Brianna Stewart from the Seattle Storm, Mm -hmm. who who does a countdown like every day. Uh, and also Jalen and Jacoby. Every time I watch their show, they do a countdown. So, you know, just putting it out there, uh, thinking about BG, that's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. And uh, yeah, they're apparently saying, you know, uh, Russians (laughs) are saying it's not politically motivated, but I I don't understand how, yeah. We can leave that there. I mean, unless you have anything to say, I don't, I don't Herb know. prefers not to be involved in politics, so, you know, this is a sticky situation for Brady Griner. I will say that in the least. Um, but, no, yeah, yeah, like I said, I, 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 me and politics, uh, we are not good friends, you know. But in the terms of the Brittany Griner situation, we definitely want to see her back on American soil, living her best life, doing her thing, so... Can't make a joke out yeah. of it, but she got you caught can't. the fuck up. No, I yeah, mean, you, you I know, mean, like, like a like a, a famous SpongeBob quote says, "You can't do the time, don't do the crime." And uh, uh, yeah, it's just it's the thing it's is, tough. it's obviously <laughs> like it's, it's obviously um, unfair and yeah. no, it's definitely harsh, unjust, it's unjust definitely punishment. While we, while we do make certain smart remarks, I mean, come well, we on, we got this, to. This is, uh, laughter is the best medicine. Yeah, but it's, it's not right. It's yeah, it, it's not right, but it's like, damn. We, you know, when people were on Twitter, I'm like, damn, this got yeah. caught up. Yeah, you got. You, yes, you, it's not more. You can't really. This is a lesson for everybody yeah. right now. Stay off the weed. Stay out of nah. Russia. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> that was mine. Say, Me and my friends, I, mean, uh, I don't. We hate weed. Russia. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, Shout I don't out smoke to Russia. Weed, we have any Russian listeners. If you do smoke weed, more power to you. But you know where you won't be smoking weed. Yeah, don't you? In that, yeah. On, that, on that flight, you know. <laughs> yeah. Whew, all right. Uh, wow, we actually got through that. Yeah, no. Look at us. Ramp, See, this is what happens up. It up. when I do notes and yeah. we're organized we're and structured and we're consistent. Um, 
I saw that someone named Adesanya got knocked out. Oh, man. Yes. Tell me, tell our me about that. Our update in combat sports. As you know, I do cover combat sports on our show. And last night was UFC 281, a pretty uh, jam-packed card, if we'll say. We had some amazing wins, some very defeating defeats. <laughs> um, we saw a lot of we saw a lot of old faces get sent backpacking to retirement. We saw some women ascend to glory. Shout out to Zhang Wei Li, she got that title. We also saw a great, uh, great grudge match. I will, I won't even say a grudge match. I will say just competition between Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler. That was, if not one of the best fights of the night. Shouts out to Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler for putting it all out in the ring. Dustin Poirier came out the victor of that one, but he did prove that he can uh, step up to that plate. And the topic on everybody's mind in the fighting world that happened last night. The second Nigerian to give up the title in the last round of the fight within the most crucial elements of the fight. My favorite, my personal, who I stand up for every week, Israel Adesanya, face defeat last night against... A very certain Brazilian who has beaten him twice now in kickboxing and now in the UFC arena. I will say this, though, for you naysayers of Adesanya. The best UFC champions have always lost and come back to get that title back. You've seen it in Georgia St. Pierre. We've seen it amongst all the legends that are being named the legendary goats of UFC. So mark my words, Izzy will be back. And to the Perriera situation, I don't know if I'm butchering his name. But Alex just took the title last night from my man Izzy. There's still a whole ascension of fighters in that weight class who we still have to see if he can beat these guys as well. Because we don't know. Izzy chose to take that fight. Let's also put that out there. Izzy chose to take that fight as his next fight. There were other people in line. Perrieta was number four. He chose to take that fight as a proving point, which I think was a bold statement. It's in traditional Adesanya style of fashion. He will be back. We still got one more champion, Francis, out there. I hope you're listening to this. Stay healthy. Stay with that belt, man. Usman, make your return. Izzy, get back on the horse. Get back to what you need to do now that you lost. I hope that competitiveness is back. I hope we see that style bender that got us here come back to get that belt back. Because I know you want that belt back. I know you want that back. I want to see what I want to see that win last night. It was the same thing when the, Uz the Usman fight, God stepped down, came down from the heavens during the Usman fight within seconds of the ending and had to change fate a little bit. I'll understand that. But last night, there were some things that I did not like in that last round from Israel Adesanya. Especially, oh, and the second round was telltale. But the last round, come on now, man. We will be keeping you updated on these fight cards as always. Uh, I believe our next couple of upcoming cards are going to be pretty good. Uh, we might see some old faces come back. Who knows? The UFC, this sport changes every night. That's why everybody loves it. Anything can happen at the, at, at literally, a, you've seen a split second to a minute in a round. So, uh, I literally, I never know. It's not that I don't want to also engage in these. I can't watch combat sports. I don't have the stomach for it. I just feel so bad and every once in a while if there's nothing on espn i'll be like sure why not mm -hmm. and then i'll be like oh and then like i kind of catch myself yep. getting into it like That's oh fine, yep. but then when it gets so bloody and violent and i'm like this is actually not good even boxing I'm like, this yep. is not good for the human body or brain uh yeah it's just not yeah. um but you know 
Anyways, the other thing is I cannot believe you graduated in 2000. Wake up in the morning, had to make a play. Make a play. Rolling up that loud, I smoke one to the face. Wake up in the morning, had to make a play. I had to make a play. I had to make a play. I'ma get money forever. I'ma be hustling forever.